I would say if you're brand advertising on TikTok, make sure you're monitoring those comments, replying to them. People will first go to the comments to see that social validation of people saying, do other people like it? We always talk a lot about being authentic online. On TikTok, it's actually true. The more real you are, the more raw and the better story you tell, the better you do actually. I mean, like picking up your iPhone and talking to the front camera is working so, so well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building Blocks podcast. Today, I'm joined by Savannah Sanchez, who is the founder of the show show Savannah. Savannah makes amazing UGC content for e-commerce stores. I had the pleasure of working with her for many, many years now. And you might have seen her on Twitter. This is going to be a long intro because there's so much to talk about. You're going to see her around Twitter talking about all the different hooks that you need to use for your TikTok videos. Before then, she was making amazing content for Snapchat. And now I have the pleasure of talking with her. Welcome to the show, Savannah. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. I always make really, really long intros for people that just do so, so many things. And you're you're one of those people who, when I mention your name, their eyes just spark up and be like, that UGC girl, you, that, that's your friend now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy. Thank you. You obviously made that jump from Snapchat to TikTok, uh, like what, a year or two ago? Um, yeah, iOS 14. You, you can argue that they're virtually, you know, vertical content. And, and once you mm. get one, you can get the other. I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. And I wanted to use the show as a, as a conversation on TikTok content because, you know, content is king and it's never been more true on TikTok. Um, and it seems like everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. And I really want to hear your thoughts on really what has been the biggest difference between the ads that you make back on Snapchat versus the ads that you're making now on TikTok. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say with Snapchat, we were definitely using a lot more graphics, animation. Like back then, like big, bold text was really the thing. Um, so we were still doing a lot of the editing and even the filming on like professional softwares where with TikTok, it's never been more important to like make it within the app or make it on your iPhone, make it look super native to the platform. Whereas Snapchat was, I would, I would say, while it's still vertical under 15 seconds, um, it looked a lot more like an ad like with all the animations and, and fun stuff. So it's a bit different. Um, one thing that I have been doing though, is taking TikToks that are working well on TikTok ads and trying them on Snapchat. So it works that way in terms of if you're making a good TikTok, it can be a good Snapchat ad, but it doesn't usually work the other way where something with more animations that you would usually run on Snapchat or Facebook doesn't usually work well on TikTok because it doesn't look native to the platform. I personally love that change. You know, I think it made it made it more accessible for people who don't have a lot of budget to really mm. do on TikTok. Uh, my observation, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the TikTok's growth potential is just so much higher. It's almost without a ceiling, it's really as high as it can go um, with how good your content is. And it, it just made everyone able to explore TikTok as a good as a good acquisition channel. Whereas back then for Snapchat, you need a lot more money. And mm -hmm. I think the barrier of entry to get professional content done is just so much higher. Is that something you're seeing? A hundred percent agree. The Snapchat content was a lot more difficult and it was more difficult to find those winning ads where now with TikTok, yeah. I think it has simplified it a lot. And to your point, just brought down those barriers to entry. 
I also just see on the media buying side that TikTok is a lot more effective than what Snapchat used to be. They have availability to so much more data and their algorithm for pairing the perfect video to the person. Um, Their algorithm for doing that on the organic side and on the ad side, I think, is unmatched to any other algorithm. So their targeting of finding who's going to be the right person to watch these ads, I think, is unmatched. We always talk a lot about being authentic online. uh, And we've been hearing that since the Facebook days. And it's comical to think back. It's like, how do you be authentic on Facebook? And how do you be authentic on Snapchat? Because it obviously didn't really work if you have to be very professional. And I felt that on TikTok, it's actually true. The more real you are, the more raw uh, you, you get. And the better story you tell, the better you do, actually. This is probably the only platform I can think of where being authentic and truly, truly authentic. I mean, like picking up your iPhone and talking to the front camera is working so, so well. 100% agree. I think people are craving authenticity and especially this Gen Z, um, younger generation than us. Um, what I heard an interesting observation about Coachella. I forget who posted it, but someone said that at Coachella this year, all of the Instagram influencers, like the ones with millions of followers, no one cared about. No one wants to take a photo with them this year. But the real stars of Coachella this year was all the TikTokers. Everyone was just flocking to them. And I think it's just because Instagram, it's all about looking your best, being polished, being a bit fake, where TikTok, they feel like this is their best friend. Like they really know these influencers, these TikTok creators. I don't know if you saw the same. I know you were at Coachella. Yes, I was. I was there a week in one and I took my girlfriend Minnie with me and she's definitely a big follower of TikTokers. So when we're at the bar, she was like, oh, look. That, that's that girl that does the makeup videos. And I, I don't want to know these people. I, I don't really like work with influencers as much as back then. And this is like back when I work on it, I wasn't even on TikTok. And so it's interesting to see how she's just being very observant of these people and feeling and like the way that she talked about them. is like, oh yeah, I, I feel like I really like speak to her when, when I watch her, her videos. Whereas like you said, the celebrities or like the huge influencers, no one really like go up to, to talk to them. They don't really interact. They kind of point at them as like a, as like a figure. I, I saw Logan Paul right in front of me. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that's Logan Paul. That's cool. <laughs> so, so you're right. Like I, I definitely see that. And I just love that TikTok has given that platform to, uh, you know, there's no other way to say it, the, the more normal people to mm. be stars. Um, mm. And I would say like for Snapchat and, and Tik, and sorry, on Snapchat and Instagram, it's a lot more polished. And people feel like there's that wall between them and the creator. Whereas on TikTok, the ads and it's the best ads are the ads that don't like look like ads. Um, They they work really well because the people are just like your next next door neighbor, your high school classmates. They are now TikTok stars, 50K, 100K. And you feel like they're telling you what they really think is best. Whereas when you look at someone like a Kylie Jenner, or even, you know, someone a little smaller than that, it just doesn't feel compelling anymore. Mm, I t- totally agree. It just seems fake. And they really want to see that authentic, even if, and I think that's why UGC works so well and why a lot of UGC creators aren't like supermodels because it's supposed to be like that girl next door, like your best friend, like you said, like someone from your high school who's just talking about their favorite product. Um, it's not supposed to be um, like this aspirational person, um, like a model saying like, you need to have this. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you talk to a lot of people and you see a lot of ads. What would you say is the thing that most people get wrong about TikTok as a marketing channel? 
Yeah, I would say a lot of people have bought into the advice that they need to work with TikTok creators for content. I think sometimes brands mess up by the way they go about getting that content. I see brands, they'll they'll message a bunch of TikTok influencers and say, hey, like, we'd love to collaborate with you, send you some product. Maybe there's um, an exchange of funds for that. But and then they come back and the content that they get is disappointing. Um, I, I see a lot of content that comes back from TikTok influencers and I'm like, oh, it's not, not going to be good for an ad. Um, I think mm-hmm. number one is on the brand side. I think that they they fail to give a very detailed brief and to inject like that did that like DTC marketing sense because these influencers like they're really great at creating organic content. Um, that's why you reached out to them. It doesn't mean that they necessarily know like what a hook is or how to talk about the product or what value props are and that we need this all in 15 seconds. It is a different type of content than they're used to producing. So I think that there does need to be some coaching and um, a more direction with that. I think when they fail to give direction, they will get back a video like, oh, this won't be good for an ad. Maybe it's good for organic TikTok. But what's good for organic TikTok is not necessarily what's good for an ad. So I think keeping that in mind when working with content creators, um, that those those types of content like are usually two different things, like in terms of their ability to make good organic content versus like good ads. Yeah, getting someone to just watch through the video and getting someone to click your link in bio or search you up on Google, it's a whole different game. And, and this gives me an opportunity to ask the next question is, what do you think it's in the anatomy of a good TikTok ad? Sure. Well, there's always a hook. Um, the hook is number right. one. And I have a list of like 50 hooks that I frequently go back to. I think that's a tip is just to start writing down hooks that you're seeing of other ads. So like, Things TikTok made me buy, part 54, mm-hmm. stuff I found on the internet that I can no longer live without, don't buy this, buy that instead, um, best websites, furniture edition. Um, there's so many. And the great thing about these types of hooks is that it intrigues people to want to watch the end to figure out what the the thing is. Um, and they're usually applicable across a lot of products. So from an agency standpoint, we can do a bunch of videos about things TikTok made me buy. Um, mm-hmm. And so always starting with the hook then going into the problem solution. Like I always wanted um, longer lashes, but I hated the way that fake lashes looked at me. Um, Now I found dough and they're so soft and they're long lasting and they're amazing. Um, So having those problem solution and then listing out two to three of the main value props and then ending with a call to action if you can. Like, oh, and they're having an awesome sale on their website right now. Go check them out. So being able to say all that in 15 seconds, it actually goes super fast. Yeah. But most ads do follow that same formula. Yeah, you'll be surprised at how simple it actually is. Because, you know, we worked together in, in a recent project. We got some videos for from you for Doe. Uh, and I looked through the transcript for those videos. It's essentially six sentences. Um, but they're very powerful six sentences, six or eight sentences that get someone to be hooked onto watching the video, which you need to capture them within the first two seconds or they're gone. People are mm. growing so fast. It's just so easy to grow. So the hook, like you said, and then the next few sentences just needs to guide them through the story of who you are and why you're so different that they need to go out of their way and leave this dopamine tunnel to go <laughs> for you, right? I love that way you just put it, dopamine tunnel. I'm going to use that one going forward. <laughs> I just made it up right now. So feel free to take it. Um, <laughs> so I want to ask you a little bit more on the user behavior that look at TikTok ads, you know, on on Facebook, there's a lot of direct response. You get them to click the link immediately, and they typically do. Whereas for platforms like Snapchat and 
TikTok, we kind of see people behave differently, at least from my standpoint. They might come back to it later on. They might go on Google you instead. They might look through your Instagram page or whatever before they actually do it. What what has been the pattern of behaviors you're seeing on your end? Definitely falls true to that. Um, it's I would say less than a third of people click on shop now and purchase right then. To your point, they're in the dopamine tunnel. They're in the mode of discovery. So discovering new brands, um, definitely something that they're interested in while they're going through TikTok. It doesn't mean they want to leave what they're doing, which is mindlessly scrolling to go to your website and purchase right now. So I think as as long as you're able to get them to your website, even if they're not going to purchase right now. So that's why I always say like have a really strong offer, like use code TikTok, 15% off, give someone a good reason to click on that shop now button. Because even if they don't purchase right now, even if they just get to your website, then you now have a chance to either collect their email or go through a quiz. Like I know you tested on TikTok. Um, now they're in your um, Facebook retargeting audiences, um, probably get retargeted on Google as well. So getting them to the site, I would say it's a number one goal. So when I'm making creative and looking at metrics for my clients, I'm really concentrating on click-through rate because ultimately I know that once they get to the site, then my client can kind of quote unquote, take it from there with their emails and their Facebook and Google retargeting to get those people back. We don't need to have all those people purchasing right then. Like I said, it might be a third or, or less to actually purchase. The higher the AOV, the less percentage you're going to purchase right then. Higher consideration where if you're selling a lip gloss, then you're going to get more people who are willing to leave TikTok and maybe purchase right then. So I think coming in with that expectation, I think that's why having a post-purchase survey has never been more, more important. Um, it's something that I have for all of my clients so that when someone actually does come back and purchase, whether through a Facebook ad or Google ad, you're asking them, how did you first hear about us? And having them click from Google, TikTok, Facebook. And I'm really paying attention to how many people are choosing TikTok as the answer and the revenue associated with that answer. So I think a post-purchase survey when you're advertising on TikTok is a must. I love that. And it's actually the same thing that we did back when we worked with you on Snapchat ads two two years ago when uh, when we hired you to run our Snapchat ads. We noticed that a lot of people weren't really clicking through to the links, but on the post-purchase survey, a huge amount of people picked Snapchat as the place that they heard about us. And it makes sense. It's a dopamine tunnel. When you're on Snapchat, you're talking to your friends, you're seeing what they're up to. You don't want to go click on an ad and get out of that tunnel. Same thing for TikTok. Whereas for Facebook, it's eh, whatever. Instagram, <laughs> for like the next thing, you don't really care what you're scrolling through. Um, mm. And I think that those are like the two biggest difference between Snapchat and TikTok versus like Instagram and Facebook. Totally. I completely agree with you there. Definitely more about discovery. I was going to say another thing um, that I just remembered. when In terms of like what people do once they see your ad, so many people go to the comments that comment section on ads is usually pretty lit. So I would say if you're a brand advertising on TikTok, make sure you're mon monitoring those comments, replying to them, maybe hiding some that are less favorable because people will first go to the comments to see that social validation of people saying, do other people like it? Because that's really what it comes down to. People want to trust that this is a good brand and they're not going to get some product that's a piece of crap at their door. And yes, the UGC is compelling. The girl in the ad that's talking about how great it is. But the second data point they're going to get to is this legit, is they're going to the comment section of that ad. So you want to make sure that comment section is looking favorable and that the brand is responding to customers. Um, so I would say 
that's another mistake I see brands do is not monitoring their TikTok comments because the TikTok comments is so important to add success. The comments is actually a goldmine of future content. Um, One of the things that we did for our most recent TikTok that went viral, got 3.6 million views. Um, We we push a lot of pay ads against it, but it actually reached like 60K within an hour on organic without any money behind it. And there was a, I think like four or five comments on it. And we just kept replying. And as we replied to more comments, more like questions came in. And we actually used those comments as the reply stickers for our future videos. And that video that has 3.6 million views was actually a reply to a previous comment on a previous video. So if you have that stream of questions, you can keep going and make content replying to that. Um, and in regards to the negative stuff, I, I hide the troll comments. Like I know who are factually inaccurate. I actually take the negative comments and I try to spin them off, not hiding it. At least that's what we do. So one of the things that we do is if someone's having a bad experience or they had a bad experience and they talk about it, we will say, hey, I'm sorry you had that bad experience. That's not the standard of our products. Let me get you a replacement. What this nice. shows people is, and in public, they're like, okay, they're owning up to it. They're not They're not saying, you know, this is wrong or whatever. They're saying, hey, we understand this is a mistake. We own up to it. We're going to make it right for you. It gives people more confidence to buy, right? The second thing is it really allows people that are going through the comments to see, hey, there are people who don't like it, but they are going to make it right. Right. Mm. If, because if you go to your comment section and you only see really good stuff, <laughs> yeah, it's people, a little fishy. Uh, yeah, and, and look, like in the past, we have done the thing where we hide comments because you know we're, we're just a sensitive uh, brand sometimes. Um, but we've realized that it's actually a really good way for us to turn things around because when people comment those experiences, there's a very good chance that there are many others who also had it. Mm. And if you're able to reply and show that you're making it right it makes those doubters actually come back and revisit the brand. Um, I love that. I think that's the perfect strategy. Yeah. Uh, so the comment is a go mine. You just have to really dig into it. I, I do want to ask you some quick fire questions towards the end of our call now. Um, what would you say if someone were to start TikTok ads today, someone who's listening, never tried TikTok ads, but they said, Savannah, make me do it. What is <laughs> that, what's the three key things that they need to do right now? to make sure that they will have a really good start. I mean, without trying to sound too salesy, I do have a new TikTok course out. Um, So I would say first thing, buy that, go through that, and then you'll be TikTok master. But um, other practical steps that you can take, I would say get three to five really great creative assets first. Creative is going to be the number one thing that's going to make or break you on TikTok. You can have the perfect account structure, but if you don't have great ads, it's not going to do you any good. So really focus on getting that great content first. Um, Second thing is keep it simple. Um, I would say TikTok is really great at finding those right people who are going to convert. So you can keep it like one campaign, maybe one or two ad sets, very broad interest and targeting. And once the algorithm gets going and you start collecting pixel data, it's going to get smarter and smarter so that you don't have to work so hard. So I would say don't overcomplicate the setup would be my second advice. And then the third advice would be um, don't look at the cost per purchase in platform or the ROAS in platform, or else you'll end up turning off your ads immediately. (laughs) So typically we see like the in-platform CPA is like three times the actual CPA. 
And I validate what the actual CPA is usually through like a third party tracking, like a North Beam or Triple Whale um, has like the um, UTM tracking. Also, I'm looking at the post-purchase surveys to see how many people are self-reporting that they came to TikTok and the revenue associated with that. So it's a few different ways I like to get the real picture of how much revenue TikTok is driving. But if you are only looking at what TikTok is reporting in platform, you are going to turn off your ads because you're going to be like, I can't sustain the CPA. It's super high. Um, but because the attribution window on TikTok ads platform is so limited, it's really only going to capture those people who are purchasing right then, which I already said is like less than a third of most. Yeah. So that would be my advice is don't look at the that platform so CPA. <laughs> That's so true. I remember when I was setting up my ad and I was calling Savannah asking for help and i'm like why is my cp 130 dollars i'm like my OB is like half of that there's no way that's sustainable and then i started using the triple well tracker the utm tracker um which shows our cpa was actually like sub ten dollars and it's insane the the differences and, and it's true if you only ran your ad looking at the data from from um from the ads platform, you will turn off so many good ads. We had so many good ads that were performing well on Triple Well and, and in reality too. But within within the TikTok platform, it's probably the worst looking ad. Like if someone goes into our mm. platform, they'll be like, mm -hmm. that, why would you even keep that on? Um, other thing that we look at is MER. You, you got to hear that around. It's really just your overall ad spend against your overall revenue. Um, we have a target and as long as it's under target, we we like to say that we like to keep these things on just simply because sometimes it just take a few days for your ads to get smarter for the data to start flowing in. We had an ad that our, our eventual winning ad didn't make any purchases for the first few days. I mean, it got some ad to car and, and whatnot, but TikTok, it's such a smart platform now. Media buying, I would say it's getting more obsolete because the platform is getting so much smarter. Our best campaigns, just like what everyone else is saying, it's very broad. 25 uh, and, and up female for our beauty brand, broad targeting. Um, literally, I think there's like 100 million people in this asset, which typically would, would never work, but it works. Um, it's because TikTok's algorithm looks through your videos. They transcribe your video. They see what your product is talking about. They have, they have image recognition system that un identifies what's in your, in your video. And they'll showcase it to the people who have previously engaged on their platforms for similar products um, and similar videos. And they know who to show it to. You don't have to tell them. One thing that I talked about with a, another guest was... You know, TikTok and Facebook, it's kind of like your employees. You you cannot micromanage them anymore. The more you micromanage, the worse they're going to perform. And, and I, I thought that was probably the best analogy. I love that. Everything you just said, you you totally get what's going on. Um, you're so in tune with it. So. But I didn't for the longest time. You know, I didn't understand. <laughs> like, I, I didn't understand how important a creative was because we have an arsenal of creative. Like Savannah, I've worked with you for many years. You know how many creatives we have and could make. We have, I think, 60 at any given time ready to deploy. And TikTok really made me realize that it's not about the quantity, it's truly about the quality of content. Uh, there's going to be a handful of ads from your arsenal of ads, if you have a ton, that will be absolute winners. And mm -hmm. you just have to keep testing them and finding those ones and just scale those one and keep duplicating the assets. Um, but once you find that, understand why it works. There, there has to be something within that video, whether that's a hook, and most likely 80% of the time it is a hook. 
um, I would say for our winning video, if we didn't have that hook at that time, it, even if the rest of the video stayed the same, it probably would not have done as well. Um, so understanding what hooks works really well for your audience and keep testing similar things, at least that's what we have been doing. Um, but TikTok ads is one of those things that time is very, very important, like time in a game. You can't just run an ad for three days, see that your CPA is $300 and say, <laughs> most brands will do that. And then they'll be like, we tried TikTok. It didn't work. That, that was really like, I'm, I'm going to go out and live and say that that was us. And we, we thought, oh, why would we spend so much money testing this? And all it really takes is one ad. <laughs> True, mm-hmm. Truthfully, all it really takes is one ad. So keep testing until you get that one ad, get the good metrics and Honestly, afterwards, it felt like you you won the world. Uh, we triple our revenue of TikTok ads. It's never been like a better acquisition channel for us. It outperformed any wow. other channel we've ever had in our in our entire company history. With that amazing. So you know, for anyone listening who had tried TikTok ads and had not a lot of success, I think the room to grow is still there, and you just need to find that one single ad targeting and interest doesn't matter that much anymore. Media buying is pretty obsolete in my opinion. Um, if you find that one right ad and get someone out of that dopamine tunnel, that's really your key to scaling TikTok ads. That's what we've been doing. Jason, I just love how transparent you are with your listeners and you sharing your experience with your brand. It's it's so awesome. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think the pixel takes time to learn. And then as creatives, it's going to take some time to find that winning one. But once you have that winner, you can ride on it for months. I have my best performing ad for my client is from January of 2021. Stop. So it's been, really? <laughs> yeah, what? it's been 18 months and it still gets the most spend every day and gets the best return. And every week, me and my team are making two new UGCs for them and we get others that kind of get close. But this one has completely changed this business um, and maybe one that you've seen on, on your timeline. That gave spent like so millions much on it now. <laughs> that gave me so much hope. I was so worried that these things would die out so fast and we have to find the next winner. But 18 months is very, very optimistic for me. I, I, I love that. Um, yeah. So then and I, that's on the only client. There's other ones, same, like over a year. Um, we're still seeing the same one. I'm be very, dominant. very hopeful now. Th- thanks for letting me know. Like I, I'm going to go back to my team and be like, we can ride this for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, forever. Seriously. And some, we even turned it off for a bit because we're trying to give the other one, other ads a chance. And then we came back to it and then it took off again. So and even just like taking the same video, relaunching it with different copy. Savannah, thank you so, so much for coming on to the show. You share a lot of great knowledge on TikTok ads, best practices, how we should make creatives. And you obviously share a ton of free content on your Twitter. Um, I'm always amazed at how much you put out true truthfully um is there anywhere else we can find you any resources that you want to point the viewers to absolutely thank you so much jason Um, my website is the social savannah.com and on there you can find a link to my tiktok ads course you can also contact me there if you want to work with me on ugc or tiktok ads and like um, jason said on on twitter uh, social underscore savannah I'll I'll see you there. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you so much. You just heard an episode of the Building Blocks podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe below to keep hearing conversations that I have with brilliant marketers, founders, and innovators on how they built their best ideas. Now, if you want to learn how you can turn your best ideas and build something massive out of it, visit my website, bbclass.co, or follow my Twitter at agro. 